Project Tariyag, Day 94, Mitzvah Tov Kuf Tzaditess, and that is the Mitzvah of Halitza. In the case of Yavama, which means the lady whose husband died leaving no children, in which case she's connected to her husband's brother and is meant to marry him. However, if the brother chooses not to marry her, then the Torah stipulates a new mitzvah which has to instead called Chalitza, which literally means removing and refers to the fact that part of the process of the mitzvah is that she removes the shoe from his foot and that way releases herself from her connection to her husband's brother. The reason for the mitzvah says the chinuch, because since this lady was meant and really connected to this man, and as a wife she was meant to serve him, so to speak as a wife does for her husband, and he doesn't want her, the Torah instructs her that she should do this action, so to speak, of service, which is taking off his shoe in front of Bastin, to show that she was Kanoi, she was in some way connected to him, and he was meant to give her Yibum, which means marry her like a wife, for the reason that it would be a continuation for the dead brother's neshama, as we saw in the previous mitzvah of Yibum. And since he doesn't want to do his responsibility, which means to marry her, and his responsibility to his dead brother and to perpetuate his name, so therefore after she does this act, so to speak, of what would be incumbent on a wife to do for her husband, she has to spit at him, and so that she's now parted from him, left him, detached from him, and no longer object, subject, so to speak, to any connection to him, and never doesn't have to respect him anymore. He's now considered a stranger to her, and then she can go and marry whoever she wants. The mitzvah of Chalitza only applies to those times when there was a mitzvah to do Yibum, which the husband chose not to do. And therefore, when there isn't a din of Yibum, there wouldn't be a din of Chalitza either. So for example, one of the dinim of Yibum is that it only applies to a brother who is alive at the same time. If after the one brother dies, the other brother is born, then the brother who is born after his brother's death would have no din of Yibum or therefore of Chalitza to the older dead brother's wife. We learn this from the Pasuk, Yeshu Achim Yachtov. When two brothers live together, which means they have to be alive at the same time. We also learn from this pasuk that the din of Chalitza and Yibam only applies to brothers who share the father. And therefore, Yachtov means that they would, so to speak, both be heirs to the same inheritance. When we say that the brother died without children, it means no progeny, which means even if his children have died, he has great-grandchildren, or whatever it would be, or even a child who's a mamza, who's considered having children, and therefore... The halacha is that there would, be, there would be no din here of Yibam or Chalitza. The procedure of Chalitza, what the Gemara tells us, that it's still done today in such a case, is it has to be done in front of three judges. But it doesn't need to be smuchim, it could be any three people who want to beat the Yonim. And they have to give the Yavam and the Yavama the Pesukim to read, which they meant to say in the Torah. And then afterwards you bring two more people, which is to make up a total of five, until ten. And that's the Milta that it should become, so to speak, more widely known what happened with the Chalitza. And like all the those five people who are serving as judges can't be relatives of each other. 
or editors of either the Yavam or of the Yavam. You have to decide the place where they're going to do the Chaditza. And they sit, and the Yavam and the Yavam are the man and the lady stand in front of them. Like every day Torah, where the litigants have to stand in the basin sits. However, that's only the Ikaradin. If everybody would be sitting, it would still be a Kasha Chaditza. The, the, the Dayanin first asked the Yavam if he's over 13, because Chaditza has to be done by a Gadol, and his synonym of Godless. And they asked the lady if she's definitely the wife of his brother, who was Nifter. And once we have clarified that he's able to do Chaditza, and the Chiyav to do Chaditza in this case, and the Chaditza, we want to do Chaditza before the lady's eaten anything that day, so when she has to spit in front of him, it's love which is coming from her, and not as a result of the food that she ate. However, but the avid, if she did the procedure of the Chalitza, we're not going to make it invalid because of the fact that she ate beforehand. Basin first offered the option of doing Yibum. Obviously, in those places where there was an option of doing Yibum. And if not, then they told him how to do Chalitza. And if to do Chalitza, what he needs is to take a shoe made out of leather or a sandal made out of leather when there's no shoe. And it has to be even stitched from leather. It has to be something that he can walk with. It shouldn't be too big for him. And obviously it shouldn't be too small, then he can't fit his foot inside it. It has to at least cover most of the area of his foot. And with the Chathira, we want it to be his shoe and the right shoe. But Bidiyavid, if he borrowed the shoe or it's the left shoe, it would still be kosher. The straps or the lace to dry the shoe should also be made out of leather, or at least out of the hairs of the animal. And it should be long enough that it can be used to tie the shoe into his foot. And he puts the shoe on his right foot without anything underneath it. Now that he's not wearing his own shoe underneath the shoe or his own sock underneath the shoe. Because the halakha has to take the shoe off his foot, so we don't want anything in the way. And it has to be done with the right foot. Chalitza with the left foot would be possible. Also, the shoe can't be that big that it goes above his ankle. Because that's not also not considered his foot anymore, it's really considered on his leg. Then he ties the laces of the shoe. And he must stand by a wall and push his foot down into the ground, like the Gemara requires. And once it's properly on his foot, based in make him read the parish of the Yavamu, which says in the Torah, that she used to say, my, my, my Yavam, my father's brother, doesn't want to rebuild his, his brother's house. My Yavam doesn't want to marry me. And she has to read the whole thing without stopping in the middle. But it should be understood what she's saying is the message of the Torah. And then the man says to say, I don't want to marry her. And then afterward, the Yavama comes to him, and she unties the knots on the shoe. But obviously without him assisting, she has to do it by herself. And she pulls the shoe off his foot, again without his help. And while, while the Zayanim are watching, even though the Gemara in the Bavli doesn't expect her, doesn't insist, that she has to use specifically her right hand to take up the shoe, the Yishalami does say that it has to be done with the right hand, and therefore she should use her right hand to take the shoe off. 
and if she doesn't have hands, or she can't use her hands, then she'll have to use her teeth to pull his shoe off his leg. After that, she has to spit in front of him, something in a way that the Dayanim can see the saliva, which knows she's done it properly. And if he's tall and she's short, and she spits in a way that it never reaches in front of him, then it's not, you know, it has to reach the ground in front of him. And afterwards, based in reading Ashna Kodeshva, to say, which means this should be done to a man who refuses to build the house of his brother and it should be called the home of the one whose shoe was removed. And the mission says that everyone who's there has to answer afterwards, three times. That means we saw a chalitza being done. And the mitzvah chalitza has been done in this order. The order of the first. She reads the pasuk, he doesn't want her. He reads the pasuk, he doesn't want her. She takes her to shoe, she puts in front of him, and then she reads the pasuk afterwards. This is what should happen to someone who doesn't want to marry his brother's wife. After basically they watch the whole procedure of the chalitza, they write a special get chalitza, and then it allows her to go and marry whoever she wants to marry. The nusach of the get chalitza is written by the three dayanim, the three of us who are witness to the chalitza. The Daniel gets Chalitza, this is the get of the Chalitza that this is the day, this day of the month, this day of the week. And and the year that we normally count by in this and this a place, we the Dayanim, some of us who have signed below, were together with three of us in a Bastina, in the Bastin. And if so and so this lady whoever it is came in front of us, the widow of the husband the dead husband's name. And she brought in front of us a man whose name is so-and-so and so-and-so. And this lady told us that this man is the brother of her, from the father of her husband so-and-so and so-and-so, who I was married to and he died, and left life, so to speak, the rest of Chai Yisrael, which means he passed away. And he has no son or daughter to inherit him, and no one to keep up his name in Chai Yisrael. And therefore this man, who is his brother, is able to do Yibum. And now the Rabbanim, who the Dayanim, say to him, Do you want to do Yibum? Go do Yibum. And if not, put out your foot, your right foot, and she's going to release or untie the lace from the shoe and open, take the shoe off your foot. And she spat in front of him. And we told him that this person's brother, we know, is his brother from his father. And we said, if you want to do Yibum, do Yibum, and if not, we're going to the Mitzvah Chalitza, which we saw. And he said, I don't want to do Yibum. And the lady said, my husband doesn't want, my Yab doesn't want to be, make him to continue the name of his dead brother. And he says to her, I don't want to take you as a wife. And he put out his foot to her, and she untied the shoe from his foot, and she spat in front of him in a way which the basically could see that the saliva fell onto the ground and then afterwards we said to her to tell him this should be done to the man who doesn't want to build his brother's house and then everyone said his name should be called Mekayishol by his father and we the, we the Tayanim and everyone was sitting together with us answered afterwards Chalot three times 
And since it's all done in front of us, we allowed this lady to now to go and get married to every man she wants. And no one can prevent her from doing that, not now and not in the future. And this lady asked us to pray for the Git Chalitza. And therefore we've written and signed it and given it to her. Because it could Yisrael. And then the three day on him signed. This mitzvah applies in every place and every time to men. You know, the mitzvah to either do or to do chalitza. And if a person is over in this and he doesn't want to do chalitza and he doesn't want to do yibum, says, which is just an act of cruelty because then she's unable to get remarried, he's been revital this mitzvah so say. Mitzvah tafresh, and there is mitzvah the hats and The person has to try and save someone who's being chased, pursued. If someone's chasing another in order to kill him, we have to try and protect the possible victim, the person who's being attacked, even if it means that the only way to do that is to kill the person who's chasing him. There would be no other way to save the life of the person being pursued. In the case of the Torah, is of a lady whose husband was fighting with another man, and in order to protect her husband, she sticks out her hand and tries to damage the person fighting with him in a way which would massacre his life. And the Torah says, which means you can cut off her hand in order to prevent her killing the person involved or at least endangering his life. And this would be a rule to any other case where someone's doing something which could potentially kill another person. We have to prevent them doing that, even if it means it's going to cost them their life to do so, and there's another way to do it. And the terrorist example of the person's wife is just the practical example because she's with him always, and therefore will be the person to try and protect him, or would apply to anybody else as well. If we have a way to prevent the aggressor doing what he wanted to do by cutting off his hand or something else which would, even if it would cause him damage, it wouldn't rest in his life, and one would have to do that first. The reason for the mitzvah? Since the Kaddish Baruch wants people to live in the world, and in order to allow people to live, there has to be a way to protect the weak and the vulnerable from those who are trying to attack them or oppress them. And besides that, the person who is being pursued is relying on Hashem to protect him from his pursuer. And Hashem does protect, so to speak, the innocent from being hurt. The Pasuk says, that Varakim Yivakesh is Nirdaf and Kodesh Baruch looks to protect the one who is being pursued. And therefore Kodesh Baruch commands us to help him and if necessary, even if it means to attack the pursuer because we have to mitzvah to save and protect the life of the one who is being pursued. Even if the person being chased was a child and one chasing him was a godel, we still have to save the child at the expense of killing the godel. And that well, there's no other way to do it. However, if there would be a way to pre- prevent the crime, even if it would be by cutting off the leg of the pursuer or by maiming him in some other way, not killing him, then they wouldn't be a hazard to kill him. One has to first warn the potential retech. And if he doesn't uncover the asra, and he's still chasing the person he's trying to attack, then we mutter, it's to kill him to prevent to prevent him harming the other. As an interesting extension of this rule, even if a person wasn't intended to be a roidef, but nevertheless they were endangering someone else's life, this halach would still apply. And therefore, if a lady who 
is having trouble giving birth in a way where the child inside her is threatening her death, it will be muttered to cause him to abort in order to save her death. Because he's considered a raidef in the fact that he's threatening her he's threatening her by being there. And since before he's born the fetus is not considered alive yet, therefore it's considered that he's being endangering the mother's life and therefore one can kill him to save the mother. However, if he's already in the process of being born and his head's already crowned, then he's considered alive as well. If that's the case, it's not clear who's being the second who, who's endangering who. And then the rule applies that ain't the nefesh with the nefesh. We can't kill one person to save the other. This then, there are persons allowed to kill uh, aggressor who's chasing someone to, ki- to kill them. Also applies to Arias. And that is if a man is chasing a woman for to commit an avery with her. In a case where the avery would be something which is high of chorus. She's a married lady. Or it would be a relative which is high of chorus. And something we don't have here. That would be muttered to kill the man to protect the lady from Avera. And similarly, if a man was chasing a man for moral purposes, the same enough would apply. However, regarding other Averas of the Torah, even a serious Averas like a Zara, we don't have the right to kill somebody to prevent them doing the Avera. However, if they would do the Avera, then we can bring them to Bastin and allow Bastin to administer the punishment which they deserve. Dafka, these two mitzvahs of these two Averas of Ritzicha or Arias, we learn from the Pesukim that there's an ability and a mitzvah even to protect the person being pursued, even if it means killing the pursuer. This mitzvah applies in every place in time, both the men and the ladies, which means it does need a decision of a based in a person's witness to such a situation is allowed to take the law into his own hands to protect the one being pursued. And if a person's over in this, he could have saved the one being pursued, and he doesn't, then he's invited to submit to And uh, besides that, there's also an issue of Retamil Dam which means don't stand by and witness your friend's blood, which would be practical here as well. And therefore, he is also deserving of a severe punishment as a Chinuch because he was a cause in causing a Jew to get killed. Mitz with Tov Resh Adif, and that is not to have compassion on the pursuer. Which means, in the case we mentioned before, that one is pursuing the other, and halacha is he is meant to kill the pursuer if necessary to save the other. Then that's the Torah says, which means don't feel sorry for him, and uh, as a result, leave him to do the crime instead of preventing him. And therefore, in a case where we have no other way of preventing the avera happening, and not even by injuring him or rendering one of his limbs, so to speak, um, paralyzing him or something else which would prevent him doing the very without killing him. If all we can do is to stop him is to kill him, then a person is not able to do that. And as we see in the case of the Nach, when Asal was chasing Avner to kill him, and Avner warned Asal not to, and when Asal continued to chase Avner, he took a spear and he killed Asal, and he wasn't considered guilty for doing that because he was allowed to protect himself, to save himself, just like one's allowed to save a different person's life. Like in the pursuer, a person's also allowed to save his own life and kill someone who's pursuing him. In a case where there wouldn't be any other way to stop to, to stop the attacker besides for killing him. However, if there would have been a way to stop him, even by maiming him without killing him, then it would have been an issue of Ritzicha to kill him for nothing.